thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 63. Against my love shall be, as I am now, with time's injurious hand crushed and o'erworn, when hours have drained his blood and filled his brow with lines and wrinkles, when his youthful, youthful morn hath travelled on to age's steepy night, and all those beauties whereof now he's king are vanishing or vanished out of sight, stealing away the treasure of his spring. For such a time do I now fortify against confounding age's cruel knife, that he shall never cut from memory my sweet love's beauty, though my lover's life. His beauty shall in these black lines be seen, and they shall live, and in hi- and he in them still green. That was Sonnet 63, and you'll notice I did get the right number there, 63. And you're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. I'm Mark Chatterley, and I'm joined by... Um, oh, I, I was about to give him an adjective, and he was looking quite quite thoughtful, but then he moved his hand away from his chin, and now he just looks like he's... There he is, he's thoughtful <laughs> again now. Who are you? Who are you, and why are you joining me? I am Terry Hillis, and I have no idea why I'm here. <laughs> you're here because we need someone clever. That's why you're here. I can, I can maybe provide some cleverness. You, you can provide a little bit. I can of cleverness. provide some cheekiness. What's, what's cow in multiple languages? Cow, as in the animal cow. As in the animal cow. Uh, it's coo in German, for See? example. That's clever. Only clever people know those kind of things. Do you know what is it in Luxembourgish? It's fairly similar. Co. Co. So you just pronounce it differently. You stole the word. It's spelled differently as well. It's K O U. Ah, okay. That's a stupid way to spell spell cow. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's obviously got no K's in it. That's that's very pretty of you. (laughs) It's obviously got a C and an O in it, at least. (laughs) Weird. Oh, there is an O in it. Okay, well, you can have that. (laughs) Um. Ah, Sonnet 63. It, it's quite a nice sonnet. I like this one again. It's got some nice imagery in it. When when hours have drained his blood and his blood and filled his brow with lines and wrinkles. I, I really like that. That's very cool. I love the idea that, that as you get older, your blood drains because as you get older, you look paler and greyer and, and you don't have as much vitality. And I just like the idea of that being represented by your blood draining away. That, that might have been how they understood it at the time. It could have been. Did they? They didn't still believe in the four humours at that point, did they? Not quite sure. Did they but, not still? They they, they they drained blood to get the sickness oh, out. Possibly. Kind of, um... Hmm. That's quite possible. I mean, it actually. was the very early 1600s. Yes. Uh, blood draining, bloodletting. So so clever. Done by the same person who cut your hair. That's just genius. And that's why barber shots have the red and the white spinny things outside them. Red for the yeah. Well, they also isn't they, they used barbers as the first like surgeons because they were the ones with the skills to cut and knew how to handle knives and. Wow, that's amazing. I what what do you need today? Well, I I want a light trim on the top and maybe a, a fresh shave, but also my kidneys. I think one of them's a bit dicky. Could you just chop it out or something like that? That's wow. I, 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 yeah, no, I. 
that for a large portion of human history, if you needed any sort of medicinal help that involved cutting you open, you just had three men holding you down. That's just not good. Bite a uh, a piece of uh, just a branch, a tree branch, and so you don't swallow your tongue or bite off your tongue from pain and just yeah, yeah stick it out. Maybe maybe get some alcohol if you were lucky enough. Yeah, I know where the. Uh, dentistry and and um, in the Victorian times, if you had uh, there was a lot of um, kidney stones you'd get, and and that's incredibly painful and and can be very dangerous if they're blocking your 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 flow of urine, and and they literally used to give you a bottle of whiskey and you down the bottle of whiskey and hopefully become unconscious from it while they then try to extract this stone from you. Ah. Yeah, I I know more of how it was actually done, and it's not pleasant at all. It's not not fun, not That's fun. Just, I mean, that hurts. Just, just imagining, just ah, <laughs> oh, God, no. But whiskey, you get whiskey. Uh, I mean, I'm quite happy just not ever have whiskey again for the rest of my life. <laughs> if you don't have to have, if I don't have happy. to go through that procedure. I think that's I think that's a fair exchange. Actually, I'd give up quite a lot of alcohol for, for things like that. <laughs> I don't drink that much anyway, so yeah, uh, yeah. Liar, liar! You're an alcoholic drunk. I know you. I am drunk right now. Okay. Just look at me, just having a glass of water. Yeah, because you're so drunk. I I can see you when when you drink. I can imagine you turn. You just start speaking French and and chain smoke cigarettes. And, and speak in a, a deep, sultry French voice, going. I don't know any French voice. Recite French poetry and recite French poetry whilst <laughs> while necking sort of huge things of vodka and and, and whiskey, well, I, and chain smoking. I think I mentioned it last week. I do have a small bottle of absinthe here. So. You do? Oh, we need to come down. Yes, we must arrange the, the, the Diable Jaune, the Yellow Devil. We we do need to arrange that, and maybe we should record what happens with me and you tasting. Or having tasting absinthe, alcohol, I, yeah. I, I have good. a feeling with you not being able to drink that much, <laughs> you would be drunk quite soon. I would be drunk quite soon, but I'm willing to. If we did it in a in a in sort of middayish time, then then yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> just, have to come down. Just, just just fall about Cardiff. Just just walk up and down City Road and be those people. No, oh, that sounds amazing. We'd have to buy some cheap. Beer or cider to carry. Oh, the the the, um, the white lightning cider from Tesco, if they still do that. Exactly, they that's have value the big, cider in the big blue bottles. People who don't live in the UK don't know what we're on about here, but Tesco and, and our supermarket sell. It's like white lightning. It's called, and it's the cheapest cider, but most alcoholic cider you can buy, and it comes in this non-see-through blue plastic bottle. In like two liters, I think it is. Two liters, and and you just wander around swigging from it and it's yeah my, my old housemate used to drink quite a lot of the stuff and just, really yeah just, we had one time when the rugby game was on in new zealand wales played new zealand so it was very very early it was like six or seven a.m here and he just drank two liters of that while watching wow. the game that's it's yeah impressive you can't watch rugby sober that's not how no, it works that's definitely not how it works um. Anyway, Sonnet sixty three. Sorry, <laughs> we, we did the rambling. Tangent, yeah, yeah, we did the rambling before the sonnet, not after it. This time, that's the wrong way around. Um, what do you think of Sonnet sixty three? I completely forgot it. It's the it's the one with the blood <laughs> it's, filled his um... brow. With... 
it's, it's uh, deep. There's a lot of stuff about time, which which we haven't had. We we haven't had the personified mention of time in quite a while, actually. Uh, we had uh, a couple of sites ago. We had the nothing can stand before time sickle. Um, but but it wasn't there wasn't a lot about it. It was just a passing mention. So we're, we're back to time. Most being, this is actually just yeah. Time being someone who who does something to you, and and that's why you get old rather than than just a force of of nature. It is is almost quite a uh, violent image. Times injurious hand crushed and overworn. When hours have drained his blood and felt his brow with lounge and wrinkles. Yeah. When his youthful morn have travelled on to age's steepy night, and all those beauties whereof now he's king are vanishing or vanished out of sight. I just and all those beauties whereof now he's king are vanishing or vanished out of sight. So the these things that we hold dear that we think are beautiful, uh, that, that we're the king of, are vanishing. Or or if they're if they're not vanishing, they have disappeared. There's there's nothing that you own or possess that is constant. It's either disappearing away from you or it has gone. Those are the only two options. I think that's that's beautiful for want of, a, of another word. And it, it just brings home quite a lot, I think, that there is nothing in this world that you can own that isn't either slowly degrading or disappearing in this sense or has disappeared. That's gold. But even that slowly... I, I, I do. It's it's still tarnishing and oxidizing, just albeit very slowly, isn't it? And wearing away every time the wind blows on it, it's wearing away slowly, admittedly very slowly, but it's it's not constant. And you could argue that its value is changing based on the markets. It's I I think it's quite an interesting, a nice poetic image. I do like that he brings in spring as well. We haven't really had the. Uh... Actually, Shakespeare's been avoiding the um, the seasons quite a lot. He did. We had them at the beginning, the, uh... didn't we? Yeah, yeah, but not for uh... not, not for a while. Long. Sealing away the treasure of his spring. Yeah, uh, but I don't think he doesn't mean the literal the season spring. It... Well, yeah, no, it it the the, the spring as in the, the youthful youth. early days where. Uh... Yeah, which which is a fairly common uh, uh, theme in uh, in poetry. Yeah, and then again we've got the the idea of time being cruel against confounding age's cruel knife that he shall never cut from memory. My sweet love's beauty. That's I that I find is lovely as well. The the idea that time is is t- cutting memories out of you. Well, it can. If you, yeah. I mean. Well, Alzheimer's is is literally losing your memories mm. slowly and then completely all at once. Um, but you do you you even without Alzheimer's, you you tend to become forgetful with age. Oh yeah, yeah, and and memory is is such an interesting thing that a different people's memories work in very different ways. But but what? you don't remember most of your life i think is what i'm coming to the conclusion of like like what i did yesterday evening at six o'clock or or what i did on 
on Monday. What did I have for Monday at breakfast? Most of your life, you don't remember. Yeah, you um, remember the significant um, events. So can you be said to actually live for your whole life? If you can't remember something, did it happen? And I mean, I, this is quite interesting. I'm going in for a medical procedure on Friday where um, they're going to stick a camera down my throat, which is lovely. Um, and, and one of the drugs, I get given a, co- a cocktail of drugs, which make me... Um, they don't make me... They don't knock me out, but they make me sleepy and, and make me happy. They're happy drugs. But one of the drugs they give you interferes with memory. Uh, it stops your memory being laid down. So it stops the transfer from short-term to long-term, long-term memory. memory. And and so it means that... And, and I've heard stories of doctors saying they're doing these things and they can have the patient screaming and writhing and having people having to hold them down. And then five minutes later, the patient's going, is that over? Oh, that was really easy. I, I, I don't, don't think I had any problems there because they just can't remember they what can't happened. can't remember what happened. So did that actually happen? I, well, it actually happened in a physical sense, it happened. But if you can't remember it, how can you be said to have lived it? And, and I find that fascinating. And, and it makes me... It starts my brain down this thought that people really only live like 10% of their lives because 90% of it we just forget. That's wow. I mean, we are get that's that's going to be a massive tangent here. Yes, yes. Sorry, <laughs> but I don't think we could cope if we did remember everything. If if you had, I mean, people who um, oh, what's the term for it? People who can never they remember everything they see. Oh, they're they're oh, photo, um, photographic memory. No, no, no. It's not photographic memory. There's there's a genetic I... mutation where you can just. And everything you've ever done in your life is just, is just there. You have the memory. You can remember what you had on the twelfth oh, yeah, of the, April, nineteen eighty-two, for breakfast. There's only like eleven people in the world who have it. I think there was a documentary about it. I there's 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 very little people on the world in the world who have it, but yeah. it just it's it makes life incredibly hard. Yeah, it's it... because they can never forget the things that they've done wrong. Yeah, they, they yeah. Can never forget. There's some the... stuff that you. It's good that we can forget stuff. Yeah. So uh, the, the decision process. I mean, I I can regret the that I took a decision, but I've forgotten what led me up to making that decision. If that makes sense, because that's not the important part in my brain. The outcome of the decision and the decision itself are important. But if you can't forget the steps leading up, every, to it, every single thought you had that led up to the decision. Yeah. Yeah. You can obsess. I guess it becomes very easy to obsess over every decision you're going to make. Yeah, that is quite creepy. But I, I'd quite like to remember more of my life. I think. I think that would be nice. I don't. I. Maybe not cameras going down my throat. I don't want to remember that. I'm quite happy to forget that. I can. I. I, I find photos and videos and writing helps. Yeah. Even if I don't, I have stuff that I go back. Uh, poems or short stories I wrote and they just just because I remember the mood I was in or what happened that led to writing that particular coming up with that sort of character just just triggers an entire range of memories that I I guess you can say forgot but they're just just not constantly in your consciousness yeah and you probably couldn't have accessed them consciously Without reading that story. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't sit down and go, oh, I need to remember what happened on August the 2nd, 2005. Unless that's something so and, huge that it would just be in my brain anyway. 
that that's quite interesting that people who catalogue memories by date as well. I find it very hard to remember what day of the week it is, let alone what date it is, because to me that's just such an arbitrary label to put upon time. And and so I don't I don't list my memories as or when I saw my friends on the 16th of October. And I'm terrible at remembering people's birthdays. But I know birthdays are an important thing and, and anniversaries, but the date doesn't make mean anything significant to me. And I find yeah, it odd I, that people... I remember that discussion when we had before Zero D. Yes. When you were asked, uh, when, when is your anniversary? And you just went, it's that one. One, <laughs> one of the months beginning with M, and I think it's the second one. <laughs> oh, crap, which means it's this month. This, this is May... Oh, 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 that's, oh. That's, that's what uh, calendars are for, or digital reminders. <gasps> yes, it's in my calendar for this month. 22nd of this month is my wedding anniversary. That's crap. I need to, you know, do something for that, don't I? That's one of the things you do things for. I, I think so. An anniversary is, uh, okay. is it's considered socially important. Okay, okay, I'll remember that then. Okay, Un- Unless you. you want to Brita and Troy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I brittered my life. <laughs> if no one knows what we're talking about, go watch yeah, Community. Think, yeah, yeah, watch Community. Just seasons one to three. Don't bother with four. <laughs> oh, the disappointment that flashed over your face there at the mention of season four. It was like, oh, <laughs> such that was a, a shame. It was. Uh, that was a sideline. Sonic sixty three. Sonic sixty three. Um, we haven't really talked about it all that much. No, but this is the point of of poetry. Poetry is meant to make you think about things in life and 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 bring up emotions and feelings. That's what poetry is about. It's not necessarily about what's written on the page. And I know some poets say it is, but they're wrong. That's what it comes down to. Poetry is about inspiring a feeling in someone or inspiring a thought in someone. And, and allowing that thought to play in their mind. And uh, the, the poem frames that thought and gives you barriers for it. But it doesn't mean you have to solely rest within what the sonnet is saying. You you make a sonnet or a poem relevant to you. Uh, I, I firmly believe that. And, and I think that's partly why kids hate poetry when you're taught it in school, at least in the UK. Um, I don't know what it was like for you, but... We we learn war poetry, or oh, here you are. Here is some war poetry, and and that was then used as uh, as uh, this is what it was like in the trenches. Look here, where he says this, and he talks about mud, and therefore it's very muddy in the trenches. And it was all just taken so literally, and it, it I think it misses the point. War poetry is about conveying an emotion of war, whether that's desperation or isolation or, or fear. But that wasn't touched upon, and and it upsets me. And I don't know if it's the same for you when when you were going. I, can't, I mean, the, the the only English language poem that I remember from war was uh, Auden's uh, Dorcet de Coromast. Ah, oh, we didn't do that. In, uh, which, I was... which is it's a fantastic poem. Yes, but um, that's I can't remember. We 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 talked about it for weeks. It's a long poem, isn't it? It's, a it's fairly... not. It's not that long. It's like. 20, 25 lines ish. Really? Oh, okay. I'm it's, thinking it's, of it. It's fairly short. I, I, I literally the only thing I remember the the only line is um, the last one. Dulcet decorum est pro patria mori. It is um, sweet and honourable to die for one's country. Yeah. Which which completely turns the poem up on its head because the he's going on about 
how they are dying. It's like there's one guy, they're carrying someone who got poisoned with... Um, oh, he got hit by a shell or something. Yeah, and it's been kind so of, he, he can't breathe. And they're just sort of carrying him. And it's just... It's just describing one very, very specific, horrific scene during World War One. Yes, yeah, World War One, and then it just because the title of the poem is the um, "Don't get decoramast." It's sweet and honourable, and then at the end he just adds the last line to "Die for one's country," and you just after you've seen that scene, you just and that that's not necessarily about the scene. That's about the the futility of war and 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 the fact that we it's well, yeah, very he, he easy uses to that say to, yeah it's very easy to say it's sweet and honorable to die for your country it is very easy to say that and that's what the troops are being told it's honorable to die for your country you are being but it's very hard to actually do it and and it's very easy to say if you're not trying to save someone's life because they're your friend and you've been with them for the past four months in horrific circumstances and and I just, I just feel that we constrain kids too much for them to see poetry as a valid medium. They see it as a, as a boring thing, something they have to sit through and labour through to understand. When, in fact, it should be something seen as like a springboard to let them think and imagine and feel. And oh, I, I don't know. Going to other, I mean, another one I read that I, the um, stealing away the treasure of his spring reminded me of. Uh, Keats is to autumn, an ode okay. to autumn, where he just when Keats knew that he was dying already, and it is just about spring, just basically leaving him and describing spring and just just all the fullness of spring just just disappearing and you just you can use that as a springboard to talk about just just life and how how horrible it is to find out that you only have a year or two left to live and. How that affects the human psyche, and is that worse? Is is finding out you have two years left to live worse than three months? Three months is kind of crap. Okay, I need to get things sorted. It's very terrible, but okay. Two years is kind of I've got enough time to actually do something, to to yeah. organize and and plan and actually have two years I enjoy. But with this ultimate deadline, I I would argue that being told you've got two years to live is kind of worse than three years to live in some. I mean, I, I I've seen family members go through both. I mean, my my grandfather when he found out that he had terminal cancer, that was a he had two or three months left. I, I think from from the day he found out to the day he died was about three months. Maybe end end of May, early June to end of August he died. And I had another family member who um. He had cancer as well, and they weren't quite sure. It was still treatable, but the odds are fairly, fairly yeah. low. And he, he had—I can't remember—eighteen months or two years. They didn't really know how long it was, but he just—he had days where he just felt like because you, sometimes you feel fine yeah. just because there's so many drugs, and your body just just shoots happiness through your body to just make you get through the day. And he just that, those ups and downs were horrible. Yeah, yeah. You just you have days where you think, oh, I can actually live another twenty years, and then the next day you'd wake up and you just want to die. That's it. I'm staying and, in bed today. Yeah, and I'm not yeah. doing anything. Not in a, I don't want to get up, but in a, I can't. It's just get I up. can't physically. Yeah. Uh, just, Sorry. Just, yeah. Get 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 the two months or the three months, or maybe even six months. But if you get told several years, 
yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a whole different emotional. I guess I find it fascinating, and also uh, it's it's quite a hard subject to talk about. So I, I thank you for sharing, and and sorry for bringing up those memories. No, that's it. It, it happened years ago. I've uh, I've worked through them. It's uh... that, that's why you're drinking the alcohol heavily out of your pint glass of water. That's, at the moment. that's yeah, exactly that from an oddly uh, glass. So. From, that's disgusting. You're stealing glasses from Paul. No, I bought pubs. it. It's from Oktoberfest. Okay. You buy the glass and then okay. you get to keep it. Okay, that's okay then. Um, I know we haven't talked a lot about this sonnet, and I'm sorry if there are people out there who are expecting us to dwell on this sonnet, but I, I think the the topics we've covered have more than made up for it, I, I, I think. Uh, so, I, Mr. Thierry, would you like to read us out? I have Mr. Dovalina in my head now. That Mr. stupid Mr. song. Mr. Dovalina. Mr. Dovalina, Mr. Bob Dovalina. Mr. Dovalina, Mr. Bob, 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 Bob. Mr. Dovalina, Mr. Bob Dovalina. It's a really, really annoying song. I have no idea what you're I will send about. you the link after I've read this okay. stupid sonnet and you will have it in your head for the rest of the day. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. <sighs> right, off, off, off you go, my dear. I don't know why I'm calling you my dear. <laughs> I'm just going to close the shutters because that stupid car is annoying me. <laughs> He's, Thierry is still it's, being it's, blinded it's by this car parked, outside. It's parked right in front of my window and just the metal roof. Just sh- stupid sun. And the problem is, is I've been watching too much of the Americans at the moment. So now I feel like the Russians might actually have a hit out on Thierry. Uh, that's also a possibility. I mean, Matthew Reese is from Cardiff, so. Yeah, maybe. It's possible. Let's do this. I can do this. You can. Sonnet 63. Against my love shall be as I am now, with time's injurious hands crushed and overworn, when hours have drained his blood and filled his brow with lines and wrinkles, when his youthful morn hath travelled on to Asia's steepy night, and all those beauties whereof now he's king are vanishing, or vanished out of sight, stealing away the treasure of his spring. For such a time do I now fortify against confounding age's cruel knife that he shall never cut from memory my sweet love's beauty through my... So damn close. (laughs) My sweet love's beauty through my lover's life. His beauty shall in these black lines be seen and they shall live and he in them still green. Excellent. That was Sonnet 63 of Shakespeare's Sonnets. I've been Mark Chasley and you've been listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets and that's the intro, not the outro. And 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 you can follow me on Twitter at Nufkin. That's the one I was going for. And I've been Thierry Healers and you can follow me on Twitter at Sound of Seagulls. And if you feel like it, you are able to flatter us with the cool thing called Flatter. If you don't know what it is, go check it out. And if you really want, you can go to our website and there is a kind of donor option in the shop and you can you can send us some monies and that will help pay for hosting and and website maintenance and and, and, and my my blatant alcohol problem and Jared's blatant <laughs> alcohol problem excellent that that's i'm sure gonna help the donations roll in thank you for that um, uh speak to you next time for sonnet 64 bye 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 i still wave why am i waving <laughs> You've been listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis.
This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.